After a nice long holiday break, Rad Radio has one thing to say. When is our next vacation? And now back to the mediocrity that is Rob, anybody, and Dawn. Well, now this is a this is a potential game changer here. I'm mean, during the commercial break. I'm searching for uh, ideas about various ways to make deviled eggs. We were talking about them earlier in the week, uh, and deviled eggs going to be on the menu at Williams Manor for uh, for the Super Bowl. And so I said I would at least try the avocado, or the guacamole uh, deviled eggs because that sounds interesting. And and then I like I like the the one that came up with the chopped jalapenos on regular deviled eggs or something. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going through get some ideas. And Food Network has this smoky grilled deviled eggs. Oh, what idea? What? So you 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 can do it two ways. I have a smoker, so I so you take the egg whites that are cut in half and you smoke them. Whoa! Just for a little bit. Obviously, you let them cool off, and then you put your whatever your filling you're going to use in, and you use smoked paprika. Oh, I love smoked paprika! And you still do like your mayonnaise and your Dijon mustard, and they also say maybe some adobo sauce. I'm not sure, but I thought, whoa. Oh, my God. I love a smoky Smoked flavor. Smoked deviled eggs. What? That's going on the list. Honey, honey, fiance, Nicole, are you listening? We're doing this this weekend. <laughs> yeah. that, that's going to get me to eat a deviled egg. Uh, we've got uh, <laughs> we've got Butt Monday products now in the stupid store. Super store. Every Monday's a butt. We had one this week, so we said, hey, let's, per- let's put together some Butt Monday rad radio stuff. <laughs> uh, you can choose either dog butts or human butts. We've got hoodies and T-shirts and sweatshirts and long sleeve shirts and mugs as well. At radradio.com in the stupid store. Superstore. And if you're watching us on Rad TV at members.radradio.com, we're about to talk Super Bowl and more with uh, Steve Mickelson. And then at the top of the hour, you're going to get the Dogwoods Resort Canine Cam. Oh, the big little puppy. What's coming up, Brando? We've got Colt, the Kelpie Mix, Blue, the German Shepherd, and Daisy, the Chicken, making their oh. votes for the winner of the big game. So they're doing their oh. version of a zoo where they have two bulls oh. in front of them, one for the Niners, one for the Chiefs, and you'll have to watch to see. Who was picked the most? We call it the uh, canine cam in honor of Dogwoods Resort, but it is really the zoo cam. Absolutely. And uh, we have Raina, the pit shepherd mix. It was supposed to be off-leash, but she was a little confused on what that means. And what that is, she's actually pulling her Ah. owner while she's running. (laughs) And then we have footage of my dog, Sadie, or my puppy, Sadie, rather. She's a nine to ten months old now, and she's learning how to walk upstairs. Only two so far. And uh, she's watching Bluey as well. Do you mean weeks? Yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say months? Months. Yeah. Eight to nine weeks. And um, uh, your text this morning indicated to me that you were running behind your usual schedule because you were dealing with both puppy problems and elderly dog problems. Yeah, it was puppy problems last night. She's a total tornado. She's like a Tasmanian devil. So it's it's a battle to get her to calm down. And Walter just didn't want to leave the house today, but he can't stay home because of the puppy. So Uh, tough cookies. uh, You can horizontally record your animals. Email us rad at radradio.com. Let's talk to Steve Mickelson live from where it's all happening this weekend. Las Vegas, Nevada, and MixPicks.com. Two K's in Mix. Two K's in Picks. MixPicks.com and the MixPicks Sports Show, which airs every morning at 10 a.m. Steve and I on Rad TV at members.radradio.com, the Rad Radio app, and in Sacramento on 104.7 FM, 890 a.m. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. All right, buddy. Before we get to the Super Bowl, it's uh, so great having you at Ground Zero. Uh, and a lot of this stuff you and I get deep into on the sports show, but I briefly alluded to it on the regular show. Let's get through all the noise. There are now rumblings that the Oakland A's are not going to get into Las Vegas. I don't believe them. I think it's all hype. But the mayor of Las Vegas has said, go back to just talk to Oakland again. I don't want you because you're actually going to not be in the city of Las Vegas and I won't be able to mayor you. Uh, The teachers union, they want the money instead of the money being spent. In the end, Steve, are the A's going to wind up in Vegas? 
I have to believe they are, you know, to, to be this far down the road. You know, the teachers union, they're suing because they want the money that they're allocating to the stadium for all of the teachers in Clark County. The mayor, to me, I think she's just upset because, you know, it's in Paradise, Nevada, not Las Vegas, Nevada. So she is not directly their mayor as well. And, you know, I don't know the finances, but you got to believe there's got to be something with money involved in that part. Uh, Manfred came out today and said he'd be extremely disappointed if the A's were not playing in Las Vegas, you know, by 2028, which is the the year the ballpark is supposed to open. So I I think this is just kind of background noise for those opposed to it. I still have to believe the A's are going, but I am a little worried in the sense that the stadium uh, ballpark plans have not been approved yet, which to me, I don't understand why the A's are still holding up on that. My concern also was the size of the ballpark, and they have nine acres to build it on. But I got to believe engineers and all that have figured out how to make it fit where it needs to fit. So, oh, you know, I, I'm dismissing it right now as just kind of noise. And that, that's the thing about Vegas is they find a way to make these things happen. You and I, Steve, have officially anointed uh, Las Vegas as uh, no longer just the entertainment capital, but also the sports capital of the world, and it's going to be on display this weekend, uh, unlike any other. I mean, this is a town that had the Muhammad Ali fights, just did the Formula One thing, the Stanley Cup finals, uh, had Elvis's wedding to Priscilla in 67, evil Knievel's jump over the Caesars Palace fountain. But this, this they're saying, is the biggest moment in sports in Las Vegas history as the 70,000-plus fans will attend the game. That'll boost revenue by $600 million. Other visitors will come to the city. They'll watch the game like they do every year, sports books, bars, restaurants, theaters. Now we're over a billion dollars of revenue coming into Las Vegas. You're already used to having about 300,000 visitors in Vegas. The Super Bowl, they say, will add another 150 to 200, so about a half million visitors to Vegas. Can you feel it, Steve? Yeah, it's incredible. You know, the airport staff has really been bumped up. They want to make sure that they're able to get everyone in and out of Las Vegas without any problems. You see people everywhere. Uh, you know, I see them wearing the Chiefs jerseys. I see them wearing the Niners jerseys. It's just, it, it's quite an atmosphere. Really looking forward to it. And I'm really hoping Las Vegas pulls it off like no other city can and, uh, you know, has a awesome presentation, as I believe they will. But I also believe that no other city can fully house this kind of event like Las Vegas. I mean, with all the hotel rooms, the restaurants, and everything. I mean, this is what Las Vegas was built for, you know, showcase the city, show everyone what's really here, and uh, hopefully they have a fantastic weekend. And you and I have talked on the Mixed Pick Sports Show that uh, we believe, I mean, whether, I mean, unless it's, there's a disaster of epic proportions that's Las Vegas's fault, we already believe that Vegas should be added to that list of rotating places the Super Bowl is held every four to five years up there with Miami, New Orleans. Uh, the Bay Area used to be uh, like the Stanford area. Now it's going to be Levi's Stadium, and 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 Vegas should be in that rotational mix. Oh, absolutely! I believe that it, it needs it. And like I said, you know, with the other comments, I don't believe any city is fully able to put on the show that Las Vegas can, and only in that Las Vegas, you know, style with the entertainment and the glitz and everything else. Uh, so I really hope it comes off great. I hope it gets added 
So it's here in Las Vegas every five years, and I'm hoping this is just the start of something, you know, to come down the road. The the Kelsey brothers who both play football, that's how they felt, just from even a football point of view of playing. They were talking about that this morning because they're in Vegas right now, and they're like, oh, my God, this has to be in the rotation. This is like – already they're amazed. Let's uh, inch closer to the actual game, Steve, uh, as predicted and guessed. Lamar Jackson is now a two-time NFL MVP. He's the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. He was almost unanimous. He got 49 of 50 first-place votes. The other vote went to uh, Josh Allen of the Bills. I think that we all knew that was going to happen. Steve, do you want to explain to Dawn and other people like her <laughs> how a quarterback that didn't get to the Super Bowl is the most valuable player? Yeah. Yes, please. Well, well, the first part I would start at is this voting takes place before the playoffs begin. Right. So. You know, unless they're Nostradamus and they already know who's going to be in, you know, in the Super Bowl, that's not an effect because this is for the most valuable player for the season, you know, at which does not include postseason and up through the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson had an outstanding season. I'm not sure I would have fully given him unanimous, but, you know, I, I think he was right there. I was hoping Brock Purdy might pull off a vote or two, but. There's so many critics out there against him that, you know, that really seem to just dislike him and will not recognize the great season that he really had. But uh, Lamar Jackson was deserving. And then they they do give like MVP for the Super Bowl and things like that of, okay, you were the most valuable player in the season, but then you go to the playoffs at kind of a new season. Now, uh, Steve, we talked a little bit on this show and you and I've talked a lot on the sports show about uh, the the various trials and tribulations of the different teams. So the San Francisco 49ers are practicing uh, to get ready for the Super Bowl at the University of Nevada, which has turf. Well, they're playing the Super Bowl in Allegiant Stadium, which has grass, wildly different surfaces. So the NFL went in and they laid sod over turf. And all day on Monday of this week, uh, the Niners were bitching and moaning and saying, this is not what the field's going to feel like. This isn't, this isn't safe. This isn't what we're going to be playing on. Oh. And then suddenly the, the story just went away. You and I think that they basically the 49ers were just told by the NFL, shut up. We're, we're not going to deal with this. You know, sorry, too bad. But there's that. Um, and then you told me the story yesterday that there's the added, the, the added disadvantage, if you will, of, of the Chiefs. The Chiefs are practicing because the Chiefs are the home team. It just rotates. The AFC was going to be the home team this year no matter what. So they're at the Raiders uh, facility uh, practicing, <laughs> and they have they have an indoor football field they can practice on. The Niners are outdoors, and you gave me a weather report yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. It's been pouring rain all day, every day in Las Vegas. The 49ers, are, as you said, are at the UNLV practice facility, which is an outdoor facility. Oh. They have the grass on top of the turf. It's oh, really soft as grass will be when it's raining all the time. The Chiefs are protected indoors in a great facility, temperature controlled. You tell me there's not a big difference in these practice facilities. Okay, now let's add this in. What? San Francisco 49ers were jarred awake by the fire alarm at the team's hotel yesterday morning. What is happening? It went off for 18 minutes. Engineers at the hotel said it was a false alarm. This was at 6 a.m. Yeah, false. Someone paid off. Time to get up anyways. Running back Christian McCaffrey made it clear he did not believe the alarm was set off by accident, saying Uh there's no way it's random. Defensive end Nick Bosa said, quote, I'm sure somebody did it. We haven't had the best of luck, but still... No excuses. We've heard stories like this for decades in the sports world, Steve. I would have to say, as a sports fan, my inclination is it wasn't an accident. 
There's no chance it was an accident. We've exactly. heard these kind of stories for years and years and years. But this is what people, you know, fans do to disrupt the opponents. The, the thing I credit the fan is it was 6 a.m. I mean, that thing could have been 2.30 or 3 in the morning, yeah. which would have been a whole different story. So at least they waited till 6 <laughs> before they pulled the alarm. Yeah, this isn't too hard to figure out. You just look at whose shift ended at 6. They pulled the alarm on the way out. So Saturday night, though. Won't they have a guard at every alarm? <laughs> because, dear God, Sunday's the Super Bowl. Uh, meanwhile, you alluded to it, Steve. Headline, Chiefs in awe of Raiders accommodations, calling it the best facility in the league. Uh, Chiefs all-pro defensive tackle Chris Jones was blown away by the Raiders' home and said, quote, very first class, new equipment, new facility. Chiefs linebacker Drew Tranquil said, quote, the Raiders' facility is unbelievable. The accommodations have been great. So as the Niners play on soft grass in the rain and get woken up by their alarms, the Chiefs are in the, quote, best facility in the league. Which is great to hear. You know, you hope the Raiders are able to do something with that and bring in some free agents and get some players. I mean, Vegas is a huge draw. Now if they hear that they Raiders might have the best facilities in the NFL, Again, other things that can help the Raiders build for the future and get players to want to go there. But again, look at the discrepancy between the two teams' facilities. You know, one's a college campus, you know, in the middle of the town. The other one's in Henderson all by itself and, you know, first class all the way. You know, if I was the 49ers, I think I would be privately behind the scenes squeaking a lot more about, hey, hold it a second. You know, what's going on here? You know what? No. Let it toughen you up and let it make you so mad that you yeah. go in and you kick their butts. The little, they've been pampered, so they're soft. You have to look at it. Nick Bosa's uh. right. No excuses. But it does add to that narrative of, Jesus. What? What's next? Their bus isn't going to work on the way? Hey, I have told you a million times. <laughs> oh never ask the universe what's next because it will answer. Oh, no. So, Steve, uh, let's look at the game uh, a little differently than we usually do. Um, the, for the Chiefs to win, Steve. What, what what has to happen? Either what do they have to do or, or what do the Niners have to not do it for the Chiefs to win? Like, if the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champs come Monday morning, you're probably going to be telling me they won. Why? Well, for me, uh, the coaches need to be prepared, have a great game, game plan, and be able to adjust to what they're seeing on the field. Uh, they need to protect Mahomes, force the 49ers to bring extra pass rushers, they're going to need to succeed running the ball with Pacheco. He needs to have a nice game here. They need to take McCaffrey out of the game and force Brock Purdy to beat them. And for me, they need to get the lead early and convert touchdowns in the red zone. And uh, you and I talked uh, at some point this week. That's like my biggest walking nightmare. My, my waking nightmare is that the the Chiefs. I, the scenario I put together was the Niners win the coin toss. Coach Kyle Shanahan stubbornly follows his rule of deferring the, the the kickoff, which I usually like that. But in this case, I say don't do that. But he will because he's stubborn. The Chiefs take the kickoff, probably in the end zone. They start on the twenty five yard line. Second play from scrimmage. Mahomes takes a shot. Boom! It's seven nothing, and we're eighteen seconds into the game, just like the Niners were against your Lions. But coming back against the Chiefs is not the same as coming back against. The Lions was. And that takes us to the other side of the football, Steve. For the Niners to win, what do they have to do? 
for me, Kyle Shanahan has to do what he's capable of doing, being that offensive genius, and just not get stubborn into I'm going to impose my will on them and understand that, look, in this game you have to take what the Chiefs are giving you. In addition to that, they need to have success running the ball to take that pressure off of Purdy. They need to get Purdy involved in the game early, easy throws to get him comfortable, take his nerves out of the game, get him relaxed because he is going to be very nervous playing in his first Super Bowl in only a second year in the league. But they're going to have to find a way to pressure Mahomes, only rushing four, which is much better production from their defensive line than they've gotten late in the season and into this playoffs. And they have to stop the Chiefs on their opening drive to build the confidence, show that they can stop the Chiefs, get the ball back. Their defense is good enough to contain Patrick Mahomes. We've been talking on the sports show uh, at 10 a.m. this week, too, about exactly that, Steve. The the concern, again, with Kyle Shanahan's stubbornness because the way the Niners can exploit that Chiefs defense is the running game, and Shanahan loves that. But if he calls running play, running play, running play, running play, and he doesn't get Purdy into the game quickly, all of those nerves get worse. Because the fact of the matter is, as I said, I think yesterday on the sports show, Patrick Mahomes is going to be nervous on his first snap. It's the goddamn Super Bowl. This kid Purdy has never been anywhere. And he is going to be internally Make him feel that he belongs there with a few screen passes, and that's how they do it. So I ask you this, Steve. You said in September before the season, we have it recorded, <laughs> that the Super Bowl would be what it is, Niners and Chiefs, and you said the Niners would win. I'm going to have you do your recap thing here in a second, but just give me the, the yes or no. Do you still believe the Niners are going to win? Absolutely. <gasps> yes! All right. So let's get to the official rundown uh, from Steve. Uh, technically, the Chiefs are the home team. Super Bowl 58, Steve, the Niners at the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, the Niners struggled coming into this Super Bowl. They came back against the Packers to win 24-21. Huge comeback against the Lions. So they really need to figure out that defense, especially that defensive line to figure it out. But you have to give Brock Purdy credit here because he has led the team back to win those games in both games. So while he has not looked the greatest, he has been able to step up and make things happen on the other offensive side, you know, Christian McCaffrey is the best non-quarterback, you know, on offense in this game. He needs to really have a great game because that secondary for the Chiefs are really good with Snead and McDuffie. So my fear is, is they're going to be able to take McDuffie, put him one-on-one with Debo Samuel, where everyone else has had to double-team him because their secondary corners are not as strong. But McDuffie, being that shutdown corner, I think is going to be able to go one-on-one. So we're going to have to see a big game for McCaffrey and George Kittle to really help open up that offense for the Niners. The Chiefs, on the other hand, they have the experience of having been there, the head coach who's able to adjust on the fly, one of the best coaches at adjusting in Andy Reid. And they absolutely have the best quarterback in the NFL in uh, you know Patrick Mahomes. Their offensive line, though, is a little bit banged up. Joe Thune is supposed to be out, although now he's listed as questionable. But I'd be very surprised if he's able to play. The right tackle for the Chiefs also led the NFL with 20 penalties, so there are questions on that offensive line, which the 49ers need to exploit. The other part is, is I'm not sold that the wide receivers 
are that good for the Chiefs. So the secondary, which I think is the weakness for the Niners, really needs to step up, take Kelsey away, because we all know that's where Patrick Mahomes likes to go with the ball in a crucial situation. And Rashi Rice has really stepped up. He's their other top wide receiver. If they can take him out of the game, they're going to force Patrick Mahomes to really spread the ball around in order to be successful as they're going to take their top two you know, receiving threats out of the game, making it much more difficult for Mahomes. But I do like the Niners here. I think they have more depth. And hopefully, you know, the, the weaknesses that they have, they're able to figure out and strengthen up that defense. And you, you still are you're, – you're thinking it's going to be a close game. Like, are you thinking nail-biter? I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Uh, I, I have it as 27-21 Niners winning this game. But that could also come on a last-minute touchdown drive. Uh, by no, I'm giving the forty. I'm giving the forty uh, niners go down twenty one twenty in the fourth quarter, and they come back and they score a touchdown oh. to take the lead, and then they hold the Chiefs on their last drive in order to secure the win. Oh, thanks a lot for adding that storyline in. So the Niners go down, they score. Uh, so I'm going through this for three uh, three games in a row. But they give the ball back to Mahomes with enough time because if there's 20 seconds on the clock, there's enough time for Mahomes to go down the field. And then I have to sit there knowing that Mahomes is going to beat the Niners. Uh, Although in your scenario, they have some amazing stop against the guy who never gets stopped. <sighs> All right, Steve. you got yeah. Yes, I know. We'll argue about it in an hour. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. I'll talk to you at 10 a.m. <laughs> Thank you. That is uh, Steve Mickelson uh, from MixPicks.com. Two Ks in Mix, two Ks in Picks. Uh, and uh, the Mix Pick Sports Show is an hour from now on Rad TV at members.radradio.com on the Rad Radio app uh, and in Sacramento on 104.7 FM, 890 AM. And we will be doing our full overview of the Super Bowl. Won't be a repeat of what you just heard. It'll be more in-depth. There's other NFL news, NBA news as well, all coming up on Mixed Picks, the sports show at 10 a.m. Right now, we're going to play Master of Movies. You're going to pick the prize. We have three different concerts at the Grand Sierra Resort, the Alan Parsons Project on Friday, March 22nd, the Tribute to Queen, Killer Queen on March 24th, or Yellow Wolf on Saturday, April 6th. You pick which of those shows at the Grand Sierra Resort in Reno you want to uh, go to. But you got to win Master of Movies. We'll play a movie clip, and then you got to give us the title of the movie to win. Caller 18 guesses first, then 19, then 20, and if nobody knows the movie... It pains me to say it, but go Niners! <laughs> yeah. Droplets everywhere and no winner. You need a winner, Niners? 888-989-9811 for Master of Movies. Rob, anybody, anybody. and Dawn. The Rob, anybody, anybody. and Dawn Show.